Hi, this is Sean Benson from Harvest Church in Warrensburg, Missouri. I want to thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. For more resources, log on to harvestwarrensburg.com. All right, we are in the church discipline. Doesn't that sound fun? Like, that's such a fun topic to talk about. All right, under family, the core values, all right? And we have been talking, Sean started last week about church discipline, right? Okay, so... Who can shout out to me what discipline means? To educate. Give me another word. That's perfect. To train. What was the other one? Correct. Okay. This is what? To redirect. Right. So does any of this have to do with punishment? Okay. So we're not talking about church punishment. Okay. We're talking about church training, church education, church, like, correcting, right? We're talking about correcting people. Who needs to be corrected in here sometimes? Right? We all do, right? Like, because we're not perfect. At least I'm not. Maybe you are, but I'm not. All right, so Sean started off with teaching out of Galatians 6.1 last week, and I'm going to actually just continue to talk about that scripture verse for, for today as well, but let's read it really quick so that you guys are all caught up with me as we talk about this. It says, Brethren, if anyone is caught in in any trespass or sin, if they've missed the mark, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So... When it says brethren, does that really quietly mean pastors? No, we ta- Sean talked about this last week, right? When it says brethren, it means who? Us. I'm included in that. Sean's included in that. Why? Because we're Christians. Okay? Not because we're pastors, but because we're Christians. So we are part of the brethren, right? So brethren... If any of you is caught, I did not research the word caught, but usually when you're caught by something, it's something that you're having a hard time. It's not an oops. It's a, I can't get out, okay? They're stuck. They've been caught or captured, right, by something. So they've been caught in sin, which means they have a, they're having a problem getting out of it. They're stuck, Right? They're stuck and they're being held by something. So if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Sean talked a lot about this. If you missed last week, go back and listen to it. It's really, really good, okay? It's really good. But last week when he was preaching, I knew that I was going to be talking to you guys today. And I, I couldn't, I, I didn't have a, a plan. But during second service, some beautiful woman was sitting behind me. And I have no idea who it was. They were sitting over here, okay? And, um, and when Sean asked who was supposed to be the ones to restore people, when he was looking for us to say us, right, collectively, somebody says, you who are spiritual. And the Holy Spirit literally just kind of goes, tink, and he dropped it into my spirit, and it stuck. And I was like, huh, you know? And then when I started praying about this message today, the Lord told me, he was like, that's what I want you to talk about. Okay, so I want to... I want to talk about you who are spiritual. That's such a spiritual word, right? That's like, 
<laughs> that has all the weird, like things are really spiritual. It's like misty and hard to focus on. You can't quite grab it. What does that even mean? What does it mean, you who are spiritual? So I looked it up in Thayer's. I like Thayer's because I feel like it gives me actually a little bit more meat sometimes than, than Strong's. And the third, the, the, it really just means like to be of the Spirit and those kinds of things. But number three says, belonging to the divine Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and this one, 3B, one who is filled with and governed by the Spirit of God. So let's go back to the scripture verse we just read, the first one. You who are filled with and governed by the Spirit of God, you're the ones who get to restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Okay, let's see if my study has proved it out. In Galatians 6, 1 through 3, in the Passion Translation, it says, My beloved friends, if you see any believer who is overtaken with a fault, may the one who overflows with the Spirit seek to restore him. Win him over with gentle words, which will open up his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as they carry each other's troubles. If you think you are too important to stoop down to help another, you are living in deception. That's a, that's a good word, right? All right. Let's look at it one more time in the Amplified Version, okay? Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, are to restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or with self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. I'm going to stop there, okay? Look at this. That is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit. Okay? In this scripture, what we're seeing is that God is giving us a contingency, right? He's saying there are going to be people in your, in your church. I think it was in, um, yeah, Second Timothy actually talks about this. As the church grows, as this church grows, there are going to be some of us in this church who are spiritual. And there are going to be some of us who are not. Right? Right? Because this word says, if you who are spiritual, which means there are those in that church that Paul was writing to that were not spiritual. Okay? So he's saying, for those of you who are spiritual, then you come in and you restore somebody in a spirit of gentleness. Okay? And Sean talked a lot about the spirit of gentleness. Go back and listen to it if you missed it. Okay? Let me... Add this, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, in restoring people, we must be responsive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit because restoration never looks the same twice. Okay, this is not really my topic, but I think that it's really important that we hear this. Every single one of us who has been ever caught in a trespass has not been restored to Christ in the exact same way as the person sitting next to you. Jesus never healed the same way twice. Why do we think if he physically never healed the same way twice that he would spiritually heal the same people the same way? Does that make sense? He heals us. He sets us free from being caught in a trespass differently for each one of us. 
Why? Because each one of us are different. He's created us and wired us differently, right? And so the way that I got hurt, even if my actions look the same as a person next to me, the way that I got hurt and the way that I responded to the world that created this sin pattern in my life is going to look different than the, same per- than the person next to me who's manifesting the same sin, right? Does that make sense? You know, my, like, so for me, you guys know this story. My rejection issues came because of personal things that happened to me. This person's, and they had specific encounters. I had specific places I could remember. This person's rejection issues, while it might look the same, they had different personal things attack them that created that, that place of woundedness. Does that make sense? So when we miss the mark of God, we're, we're stepping into sin. That's a trespass, right? And so even our woundedness is a place where sin gets to run free. Does that make sense? But the way that we restore, we have to be guided by the Spirit because each person's restoration looks different. If I go into a house and I begin to restore the kitchen, it's going to look different than the house next door whose kitchen is being restored. Why? Well, because I might have different issues in my kitchen. My sink might have leaked for 35 years and caused a huge rotted spot where the person next to us, maybe they, had, they did all their repairs and they did a really great job, right? The restoration process looks different in each one of us. We have to be guided by the Spirit. Okay. All right, here we go. Now, did you guys know that when Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians, he didn't put big chapter breaks? Right? How many of you, when you write a letter, whoever writes letters anymore these days, puts chapter breaks in your letter? We might put a paragraph shift, right? We might change subjects, but we don't usually be like, chapter one. That person's going to be like, oh my gosh, what kind of, what did you write me, you know? Unless you love that person tremendously and you can't wait to read every single, every single bit, you know? You're going to be like, what is happening? But Paul wrote such long letters that, that we've put chapter breaks in. But let me tell you, when they were reading this, they weren't actually putting a chapter break between Galatians 5, what, 26? Yes, 26. And Galatians 6, 1. There wasn't a big chapter break that says change of topic here, right? I don't think that he changed topics, okay? So you who are spiritual, let's roll back a little bit into Galatians 5 to see what he could be talking about because I feel like that word is so, is ethereal, is that the right word? Like you can't touch it, that it doesn't feel like we can even like, who's spiritual? Nobody's spiritual. That's Weird, right? Like, that's such a weird word. You know, well, so-and-so might be spiritual. Like they're, they're, but they're kind of like new-agey spiritual. That's not the kind of people we want, right? Restoring us. Okay. The first one we're going to talk about is Galatians 5.22 through 26. This is the very last bit of the section right before Galatians 6.1, okay? So four verses before that. We're going to read those four verses before that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Have we talked about these recently? I feel like we have. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Read that again. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another or envying one another. My brethren, if you see anyone who is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore them. He didn't stop. He kept talking. So he's modeling to us, what does it look like to be spiritual? Well, to be spiritual, let's start it off with it's the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, but if you rewind just a little bit further to verse 16, I don't think I have it on there. You can put up the spiritual ones tab. It has three different things. The first one, walking in the Spirit. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Quit reading, don't cheat. Stick with me here. Galatians 5.16 says, those of you who are not living in sin, if, you're, if you are walking by the Spirit, you're not living in a lifestyle of sin. You're not caught in a trespass. Does it mean that you're perfect? No, you're not perfect, right? We still sometimes get angry. We still sometimes, right? We still sometimes do things and then we repent. We don't have a lifestyle. We're not caught, okay? So Galatians 5.16 says, but I say walk by the Spirit. You will not carry out the desire of the flesh. You won't be caught in a trespass, in a lifestyle of sin, okay? And then the next one is displaying the fruit of the Spirit. We just read that scripture verse, all right? And the last one as we go back to the early sections of, of uh, Galatians 5. I was going to say Matthew 5. That's not, the, that's not where we're at today. Um, it says, through love serving. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. You who are spiritual are doing these things. Are there more? Probably, right? But if we can walk in the Spirit, which means we don't have a lifestyle of sin that we are caught in under, and we operate in the fruit of the Spirit, and through the operation of Holy Spirit love, we are serving one another, then we're spiritual. Does that make sense? That's what Paul is talking about. There's a whole lot there. If you've never read Galatians, please read Galatians. Please read your entire Bible over and over and over and over again. Okay? Like, please. Please read your Bible over and over and over again. All right. Brandy, I want you to leave these up here for just a minute. I've asked three volunteers to come here. Can you guys come up? I'm going to make a visual because I didn't have the ability to do it on, um, I didn't have the ability to do it on the computer. Scott, I'm going to have you over here. Hold this one to yourself. Don't let them cheat. Hold that to yourself. Don't, don't, yeah. Okay. You have to separate from her for a minute over here. Okay. <laughs> You stand right here in the center, and Scott, come and stand right here. Now, I'm going to kind of show you guys something really quick, okay? This is, I'm going to go back. You can, I'm just going to read this one thing. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, okay? Am I spiritual? That's the first question. We have three metrics to use to look at and to go, okay, am I spiritual? So here's the first one. 
Scott, turn yours around. Number one, we ask the Holy Spirit because I don't need to answer for myself. Holy Spirit gets to answer for me, right? I don't tell myself if I'm spiritual. The Holy Spirit, who knows me better than I know myself, is the one who gets to answer this question. So we say, Holy Spirit, am I spiritual? Do I line up with this scripture verse? Do I hit these markers? Am I, is there a sin or a trespass in me that I'm walking in, that I've been caught in, that I can't get out of? When I'm being squeezed, do I have the fruit of the Spirit in my life? And in love, am I, am I serving my brethren? Am I serving the people around me? If I answer yes to these, then I move on to number two. Don't, don't turn it yet. If I answered no to that, then what do I do? I find somebody who's spiritual, and I say, hey, can you help restore me in a spirit of gentleness? Okay? That's the, that's the first thing. There's another scripture verse that I want you to hear really quick. Matthew 7, 5, Jesus says, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eyes. So if you are not spiritual, but you see a brethren in sin who's caught in sin, and you are judging them, stay on number one and get help. Take the log out of your own eye before you try to start helping other people. Why? Because when we begin to put our attention on other people, we, don't, we ignore what's going on in ourselves. How many counselors do we know who are so incredibly broken who help counsel people because they desperately want to help other people because they feel so broken themselves? But oftentimes it's also a place where they get to pour out to other people because it makes them feel good, but they're not dealing with their own brokenness right? First, take the log out of your own eye. All right, another scripture verse before we move on is this. It's out of 2 Timothy 2. It's not on the board. We don't have it. I'm just going to read verse 21. There's more to it, but we're going to read this scripture. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, from the things of sin, okay, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. Okay, this is talking about vessels of honor and dishonor in a home. And it says that if you are a vessel of dishonor, which means you are not sanctified, if you are not spiritual according to the biblical context, it says, sanctify yourself. Fix it. Take the plank, the log that's in your eye, and get it out. Go before the Lord. Find somebody who is spiritual and say, please restore me. I'm stuck. I don't know how to get out of being judgmental. I don't know how to get out of gossiping. I don't know how to get out of whatever. Okay? Find somebody. This is what the body of Christ is supposed to do because we're family. Okay? If you can't say yes to the first one, stay there and get help until you can say yes. Okay? The moment you can say yes, you go to number two. Okay, Molly. Step into the journey. Love a person along their journey with them. Step into the journey with your brother, right? Because we're spiritual. That means we step into their journey because restoring someone isn't coming up, like Sean said last week, and going, you are doing everything wrong. Now fix yourself and get right. And I'm going to come back and check on you in two weeks to make sure that you're better. No, that's not coming alongside somebody in the spirit of gentleness, right? Anybody who you start pointing a finger at and wagging it like this is not going to feel the love of God from you. Okay? Like, we have to make sure that when we are restoring such a one, if we can say yes to number one, that we can step into this with love. 
in love, serve. Okay, so a lot of us can say yes to number one, but can we say that we're in love, we're serving the body of Christ? Are we willing to go on a dirty journey? Because I promise you getting out of people's sin, helping them and walking alongside, it's not so easy. It gets us a little bit dirty because we get into the mire with them, right? That's what it looks like. So here's your question. Let me find your question. If you can't love people enough to journey with them, you need to go back to number one. Because God is love. And when we love God, we love others. And when we love God, we understand that his holiness that we sing about this morning causes us to desire desperately to be able to get them to they, so they can begin to serve other people in a spirit of gentleness, right? Because we understand that when they're in sin, it's hurting them. And we love them enough to go on a journey with them. Okay, so if we don't, if we can't say, yes, I love someone enough to get dirty with them, let's go back to number one and repent. Okay, because we have a hardened heart. Right? Does that make sense? We need to love people well enough to go on a journey with them, serving them into the right ways of God through gentleness. Okay, if we can say yes to number one and number two, We're on the journey with them, right? We're loving people really well. We're doing a really, really great job of loving people. And then we move on to number three. I stay constantly in this place. Show it to Scott, too. He can't see it. Here's the thing. Can you guys read that? I just realized I made it. Did I make it big enough? Okay, it says, Holy Spirit, am I staying spiritual? The first one is, Holy Spirit, am I spiritual? The second one is, step into the journey. And the third one is, Holy Spirit, am I staying spiritual? Why? Because when you read in Galatians 3, it says, in verse 1 still, it says, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. In um, the Passion Translation, it says, win him over with gentle words, which will open his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. We have to stay humble and in the fear of the Lord. And what do we do to stay humble? We continually submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Am I spiritual? Am I sustaining this? And it's not, a, it's not a metrics of like, am I in sin? Or it's really a place of, am I staying in this place of humility? Does that make sense? Do these visuals help? You know, we, if, if we ever get to the place where we're at number three, and the Holy Spirit's like, uh, you're actually starting to get a bit prideful because you think you know everything, what do I do? I repent. But if I'm caught now in this place of being critical, then I need to run back to number one and start all over. Find somebody who can help me. Hey, I started helping somebody on their journey and I found myself caught in judgment and I couldn't get out of it. And now I'm stuck in this place where I'm judging everybody and I'm being judged. And, you know, because we talked about that too, right? Like the whole law of sowing and reaping, right? And so I'm getting stuck in this place of judgment and I'm being judged and I'm judging people and I don't know how to get out. Can you who are spiritual restore me? Right? Do you see how we stay humble through the entire process and it's all through the fear of the Lord? Does this make sense? Okay, I can take your papers. Thank you. Thank the people. They love standing up here, staring at you. I, th- I want you to know this. 
Don't just say, I can't be spiritual. That word carries a lot of stuff in our culture. But I have a couple questions here that might make it a little bit easier. Holy Spirit, am I doing right the right ways of you? Am I walking in your ways? Okay, that's a good question for him. So maybe the word spiritual trips us up because it's still so big and, you know, that's not who I can be. Holy Spirit, am I pursuing the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Am I pursuing the kingdom of God and your righteousness with all of my heart? Right, that's what? That's the first command, right? Holy Spirit, am I walking in your ways, seeking after your presence, calling your kingdom to come to earth, and adjusting myself so that I wouldn't be caught in any trespass. Okay, that's another question. Am I walking in your right ways, God? Am I hungering and thirsting for you and your kingdom? All of those questions will answer whether or not you're spiritual, right? I don't want it to be some big word that we can't comprehend, but I think it's this. Do we love God enough to sacrifice our life going after him, to change the places in us that are really, really hard to change because we know they don't honor the Lord? When we begin to have a lifestyle where we walk in the spirit, which means we're not caught in trespasses, we're not caught in sin because we have shed them, and we can respond with the fruit of the spirit, and in love we are serving people, right? Then we get to go on the journey, the beautiful journey that is the most rewarding journey you can have is restoring somebody into the place of the kingdom. It's one of the most beautiful places we can ever be because we are getting to be a part of the reconciliation process that God gave us. Like He actually let us be a part of his kingdom and he let us restore other people to God. Isn't that amazing? Is it ugly and dirty and sometimes really hard and sometimes is it painful? Yeah, but that's life, right? Life is like that. And life means we need to come alongside people when they're experiencing life and we need to walk with them into something that's beautiful, right? We need to love them. So let me challenge you guys today. If you believe that you can't with integrity say yes I am a spiritual one I am somebody who is pursuing God with everything in me and I don't have any place in my life that I know that I'm caught in sin and I love people because I'm serving them so my actions are lined up with my words if I just say I love everybody at the church but I don't actually involve myself here and serve people hmm. right Our actions have to speak louder than our words, right? So my actions of love towards the Lord actually create a holy lifestyle where I'm walking with him and I've become spiritual. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means I'm on the journey too, right? But I'm not stuck in the mud somewhere trying to get out of a rut. Does that make sense? Don't come under condemnation if you aren't there yet. Find somebody. This is why we have destiny groups, is because we are putting people who are walking the walk and talking the talk, and they're in your leadership, and they can help you. 
right? That's why we have the body of Christ is to come alongside and to pull people into the right ways of God. So if you're stuck and you're in number one and God says, no, you can't move on to number two, then throw yourself at the altar and say, Jesus, what do I need to do to shift? Pull me out of this rut. Break off these things. And if you can't just have it by repentance, then find somebody who can walk with you out into restoration, right? Keep your love on while you're doing it. And the third one is continue to stay in this place of humility and fear of the Lord the entire time, right? The entire time because we don't want to ever potentially slip back in to something because we've started to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, right? Here's my, my ending questions for you, or I guess really thoughts. Family was never meant to be independent, So here's my challenge. Who are you serving here? Who here are you serving? Who here are you loving really, really well? In action. Who here are you praying for? Legitimately interceding to God on behalf of? Who here are you walking with or who is walking with you? Are we the family, or are we just a bunch of distant cousins who don't really like each other? Family does something about their actions. Family comes together, right? And they serve one another. In my family, there's, my, my mom has six other brothers and sisters, and they all have married and children and children, and, you know, like, it's, it's big now. And when one of us goes in the hospital, can you imagine the waiting room when 60 people are in it? But those 60 people are the most gracious people I've ever met to the nurses, to the doctors. They serve the staff when they're there. They're not just there. Like, they're loud sometimes and have to be shushed because they are, right, because it's 60 people and waiting, you know, to find out what's going on. But here's the thing. In love, they're serving. In love, they're serving one another, coming alongside. When one of us gets sick, they show up, right? They show up with food, with help, right? This is family, right? Man, are we doing family well here? Church discipline is a family principle and it's education and it's correction and it's coming alongside and teaching, right? It's through gentleness. We're discipling people into a better way. And as a mother, I come to my children and say, hey, there's a better way to walk. Let's do it this way. You're doing this and it's bringing hurt, pain to you. Can you fix this, right? Like this is a better way. As a family of Christ, that's what we're called to. Not from a top-down, the pastor's better come and fix this problem, it's making me uncomfortable type of way. That's punishment. But from a, I love other people enough to serve them. So who are you serving today? Who are you praying for? Who are you on your knees, brokenhearted over them? Here in the church, not just outside in the world, we should be praying for them too. But in the church, who are you serving? Where are you serving? What are you doing here? How are you loving people well here? And are we walking in the ways that Paul lines out as spiritual ones? Are we doing it? Take time. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask him.
you'll know. I have one last fun little thing from Jesus. He said this, not me. Matthew 7, 12. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. That's what the golden rule. That's what Galatians 6, 1 is. Galatians 6, 1 is the golden rule. It's just another version of it. It just says it a little bit different. Restore people like you'd want to be restored through kindness, through gentleness, with somebody who's actually walking the walk and talking the talk and not a hypocrite. Right? That's what it is. It's a really simple scripture. Treat people like you want to be treated. Let's do that, okay? All right, Jesus, we just, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you for conviction because it means I get to adjust. And that means I get to be more like you. And so, Jesus, I just thank you that I have an opportunity today to become more like you, Father. In all of your beauty, in all of your goodness, God, in all of your holiness and righteousness, God, your right ways, God, I get to become more like you when you convict me. And so, Jesus, I humbly submit my heart to you. Would you show me places I need to adjust so that I can be a spiritual one, Father? Would you forgive me for the places that I have stumbled and fallen and I haven't repented of yet, Jesus? God, I want to walk with you and I want to be able to love people well enough to be able to restore them back to your kingdom, God. Yeah. Help us to become more like you, Jesus. Yeah, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to contact us or would like more information about our church or additional podcasts or resources, please visit us online at harvestwarrensburg.com. We hope to see you soon.